Jay Butter and Popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea Butter and Popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. With Taj and Chels, Season 2, Episode 5. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. Hey, everyone. My name is Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj, also actress, filmmaker, and activist. And today, we are talking about uh, sci-fi movies. Ooh, Ooh. Sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know so why good. I just said that like it's Halloween, but it it can be though. It. The suspense. I love it. I'm here for it. Sci-fi movies I are so good. hmm They're very versatile and it's storytelling, of course, can be spooky here and there. Um mm-hmm. albeit it is fantasy, so the takeaway is that it will be quite strange to begin with. But that's what makes sci-fi special, and that makes the movie genre so interesting, is the fact that they're a little off-center. So let's dig in. The first movie I'm going to talk about is actually a series. I'm going to talk about the Matrix series. Ooh, you've now entered the Matrix. There's rumors (laughs) that they're um, about to film another one here in the Bay, actually. Ooh! Um, Yeah, the Matrix 4 rumors. Yeah, that. so I'm maybe so y'all have seen me in the background. We'll see. Ah, ooh, turn up, turn up. Taj, you got that Yes, yeah, for real. The Matrix series, 1999 to 2003, directed by the Wachowski brothers. So this franchise, it's action-packed, featuring, of course, Keanu Reeves as Neo, and then you have Lawrence Fishburne and so as Morpheus. And so Neo's character, played by Keanu Reeves, believes that Morpheus, played by Lawrence Fishburne, who is an elusive figure, considered to be the most dangerous man alive, can answer his question. What is the Matrix? So in the first movie, just trying to figure out what is it? Like, what the devil is it? Like, what is that? Um, Neo is contacted by Trinity, played by Carrie Ann Moss, who is a beautiful stranger who leads him into an underworld where he meets Morpheus. They fight a brutal battle for their lives against so many viciously intelligent secret agents. And the truth could cost Neo something more precious than his own life. So this movie has made over a billion dollars worldwide. Also, interestingly enough, has a lot of biblical symbolisms. So the Christian allegory that aligns within this franchise is Neo being the chosen one, and he's guided by his relationship with Trinity and Morpheus as well, and those characters and how they interplay with each other and how Neo dies but is resurrected in 72 seconds. Now, 72 seconds can also translate into 72 hours, which is three days. And of course, it's a story in the Bible. Jesus died and was resurrected three days. Ooh, yes, hallelujah. I know it's not Easter, but praise him. Um, <laughs> praise him all day, every day. Won't he do it? Won't he will? Yes, God. Ooh, hallelujah. Yes, God. Anyway, <laughs> so that is the biblical <laughs> attachment to this series. Now, Jada Pinkett was also in the sequel, uh, Will Smith was offered the role of Neo, fun fact, but he turned it down. Yeah, I was surprised to find this out. He turned it down for Wild Wild I am, West. Wow. I am not surprised that he was offered that role because mm-hmm. in, when it comes to sci-fi and like black 
um, actors or just um, our stories. Will Smith actually is the, um, he is the number one actor in terms of appearing in, you know, so many sci-fi films that have a black lead because he has Men in Black, the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. And he has, you know, all this type of stuff. Gemini Man, like people get, get him for all the sci-fi things. Um, the one, I forgot the name of it, where he's like the last person on Earth or whatever. That film. Oh, yes. Like, uh, I Am Legend, I Robot. Mm-hmm. I Robot, he is the, yeah, yeah he is the, um, he's the, guy. The, the guy for mm-hmm. all of the things. Yeah. So there was such I'm a funny video. They try to get him. Yeah, they tried to get him, but he turned it down because he said it was just weird about... And he goes into detail on his YouTube. He's an influencer and a blogger. I love it. And so right. he has this video on, like, why he turned it down on his YouTube channel. It was so funny. Just the way they pitched it to him. He's like, what is this about? But I think what's so great about The Matrix is that it shows an altered reality. It reminds me of 2010's Inception, directed by Christopher Nolan. And mm. it was definitely a film ahead of its time because Inception didn't come out till like, 2010. And this is, like, the 90s when they started playing with this type of stuff and especially with this the scenes and the angles that they that they use when they film this movie um the way that he dodges bullets and the fight sequences and you know that one move which is called the matrix where he arches his back and he's able to lean back and dodge the bullets like it's it's very much ahead of its time i personally think that it made a lot more sense than 2010's inception that's another story because inception i watched that movie like two three times and i was still like Wait, what? Because the ending is just so weird on that one. But yes, that is the Matrix series. Second movie, Arrival 2016, directed by Denis Villanueva. Hola, bonjour, barev, habari, hello. I just said hello. Okay. (laughs) I just said. With the languages. (laughs) Bilingual, trilingual. Yeah, I love to see it. (laughs) I just said hello in Spanish, French, Armenian, and Swahili. Um, Fun fact. Periods. Periods, honey. (laughs) Uh, Fun fact of um, Armenian. I know different phrases in conversational Armenian only because when I first moved here to L.A. in my teens, we lived in Glendale. And our condo, our realtor is like, oh, this is a great spot. And uh, our condo was actually filled with all Armenians. It was all Armenians in the building. So you just learn the language. And that's just how I was able to pick up here and there to order my baroshkis and bone cheeks. <laughs> so yeah, that was a very interesting uh, upbringing. I love it though, because I feel like when you're experiencing different cultures, it just makes you realize uh, your part in this big wide world we live in coming from Texas and then living in little Armenia. Mm-hmm. But yes. More um, well-rounded. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it makes you well-rounded. So this movie is about a linguistics linguistics professor, Louise Banks, played by Amy Adams. And so she leads a team of elite investigators. And so you have these gig- gigantic spaceships that touch down in 12 locations around the world. And so as these nations teeter on the verge of global war, Banks and her crew, they race against time to find a way to communicate with the extraterrestrial visitors. So... Hoping to unravel the mystery, she takes a chance that could threaten her life and all of mankind's life. So pretty big stuff happening here. There's a lot of twists in this movie. One of the twists in the film almost reminds me of Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey. I'm not going to give it away just in case for 
for those who haven't seen it, but it has a huge upheaval at the end that could make audiences feel some type of way. It was very unsettling. Um, this film has a lot of encompassing areas where there's so many different little nuggets in the film. It's very well done. Um, her husband is played by Jeremy Renner in this movie with Amy Adams. So Arrival 2016, I believe it's available to stream on Amazon Prime. Um, in the previous film, The Matrix, I believe that's available on Netflix and Hulu as well. So my last movie I'm going to talk about is The Martian 2015, directed by Ridley Scott. So this movie, I remember seeing this in theaters. It was so intense. It has a lot of funny moments, but overall it's very wild. can be kind of anxiety-filled. So you have astronauts who blast off from the planet Mars. And <laughs> when they take off after there's a huge storm on Mars, they forget that they leave behind Mark Watney, played by Matt Damon, who was presumed dead after a fierce storm. So with a meager amount of supplies, he is a botanist. Uh, the stranded visitor utilizes his wits and spirit to find a way to survive on the hostile planet. He makes food from his own feces. <laughs> that's what, what he has to do yeah he makes food for i've never seen now. i've heard i just never got around to seeing this movie it's so wild. i guess now i see why what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very classy stuff here it's I'm insane. Just He's very classy <laughs> stuff here folks this is actually our classy film episode yeah, it's so a bougie film. It's a bougie film no no thank you meanwhile <laughs> right Meanwhile, back on Earth, you have members of NASA and a team of international scientists who work tirelessly to bring him home while his crewmates hatch their own plan for a daring rescue mission. So this movie also stars Jessica Chastain, Jeff Goldblum, Chua Chua Iljafor from 12 Years a Slave, Kate Mara, Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, just to name a few. So this movie has a big roller coaster ride of things that happen within it, and it gets pretty intense, to say the least. I feel like a lot of audiences would enjoy it. I believe it's just available to like rent and stream on Amazon Prime. So that's The Martian 2015. Those are my movies. I hope you enjoyed them. Taj, you let them know what yours are. Yes. So, yes. So I'm starting off with See You Yesterday, a film by the beloved Spike Lee. Um, some like to call me Spike T. No, I'm joking. I hey! Nobody calls me that. Nobody calls me hey! that. Um, it's, it's an aspiration. <laughs> um, we do now. <laughs> everybody start calling me that after this. I love it. No, I really, I need to, I need to just, I just want to just be a PA on one of his sets. Just mm. one day. One day. Spike Lee, I'm coming. Okay. Anyways. So, uh, See You Yesterday was actually um, produced last year. Um, so it is a sci-fi film directed by Stefan Bristol. Um, and it was written by him as well as Fr- Frederica Bailey. Um, so, um, it was, it was released in May on Netflix actually, um, which was really interesting. So, um, Spike Lee produced it. Um, and I just want to say that I think that this was very timely and it didn't get enough recognition. This was a a great, um, I want to say, child, youth, you know, centered film about sci-fi and the fact that the leads are black because, of course, you know, anything that Spike Lee produces is going to be black. Um, But the fact that this film explored, you know, current events, but it intertwined our lives with 
sci-fi. So um, the film follows the story of an ambitious science prodigy who uses her prowess and capabilities to create time machines in order to save her brother from a death and an incident that claimed his life due to police brutality. As she tries to alter the events of the past, she will eventually face the perilous consequences of time travel. So I think that this film was just super sweet. It was super, super thought-provoking. Um, watching a film about time travel in general um, is always interesting because you know that in the past, they always said in the future, oh, we're going to be able to travel through time. So watching them sort through this, like like actually in a movie, seeing like what it would be like to actually time travel is really interesting. I think it was really well done. I think the plot was very, um, very well thought out. The ending, the ending, whew, that cliffhanger. Um, be prepared for that um, because it, I think that um, definitely when you have a story like this, it can be, you know, seen as like a black or white type of thing and like oh you're talking about black stuff and violence and things of that sort but no you put a sci-fi twist on it um and you made the the ending not predictable um so i think it was it was very um it was very attractive it was very enchanting like watching this film um i also love the fact that um they were the leads are the age that they are because they're inspiring those youth who are wanting to pursue um, STEM or now STEAM um, to actually do that. And that it's cool to, you know, be able to use science and technology for um, the greater good. And that's what I liked about it. And so, yeah, it's a cute, it's a cute film. I love that also that, you know, that the boy and the girl, they're just best friends and that they, you know, didn't have to be love interests, especially with a cast this young. They didn't make them love interests. It was just a cute, you know, best friend duo trying to, you know, just save, save the day. And I love that. And it was just so like classic, but also like interesting. So please do watch See You Yesterday. I believe it is still on Netflix. If not, um, go find it and yes, watch it. Yes, it mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, most definitely. And the, I love that um, there it's also, obviously this film is based, um, it's two Brooklyn teenagers. Um, so uh, yeah, okay. Spike Lee, obviously. Yeah. Cause yeah. yeah. But, um, so CJ Walker, um, was the name of the girl <laughs> and Sebastian Thomas is the name of the boy. So I just think it's so cute. Um, and uh, it's so black and I love it. Yeah, so please, okay. if you want a good sci-fi, you know, black led film, go watch See You Yesterday on Netflix and yeah, I didn't used to be a sci-fi fan. Um, in college, people would get on me because I didn't really watch sci-fi like that because I didn't grow up watching sci-fi. Um, I mean, kind of like my mom, you know, she loves The Matrix. She loves mystery suspense and things of that sort. So I kind of got a taste of it. But I always just thought, you know, oh, it's weird. Or like, what is the appeal? But when you start to see yourself re- reflected on screen, then you start to get interested. And so I found myself um being becoming interested in afrofuturism because that incorporates us and afrofuturism is basically you know a cultural aesthetic philosophy of science and philosophy of history that explores the developing intersection of the african diaspora culture with technology mm-hmm. so um this this uh term was actually coined in 1993 so it's still a very recent concept 
um, by Mark Derry. And um, it's continued um, to be explored through, you know, the 90s and now we're in this new decade um, through conversations led by Alondra Nelson. So people are really into this Afrofuturism, Black sci-fi and fantasy culture. Um, and yeah, because speaking of which, you got WakandaCon <laughs> because of Black Panther. Um, so Black Panther you guys don't know i feel so old now it came out in 2018 i thought it was last year two years it man We're yeah it's been two years i can't even that's wow. that's really scary i don't even know if it's still on netflix anymore but um i, I remember when it so. came out on netflix everybody lost their brains i was like oh my gosh but um yeah so black panther um if you do not know black panther is about um, the death of a father um, in which uh, T'Challa's father dies. And after that, he returns home to the African nation of Wakanda to take his rightful place as king. When a powerful enemy suddenly reappears, um, T'Challa's T'Challa's medal as king and as Black Panther gets tested when he's drawn into conflict that puts the fate of Wakanda and the entire world at risk. Faced with treachery and danger, the young king must rally his allies and release the full power of the Black Panther to defeat his foes and secure the safety of his people. <laughs> what my terrible black people were critiquing about this film is the fact that you had a lot of, you know, black people cast and trying to do African accents and they, and you know, people, that's what happens. You're trying to create, you know, a fantasy, a fictional story, and you're trying to draw from you know, the real languages and the real culture. And, you know, that, mm-hmm. like, I mean, somebody, you know, was saying that they needed to dialect coach, you know, some of the leads, like Lupita, for instance. But, right. you know, it's just interesting because, you know, for them, it's going to sound more natural and it's going to come off, you know, it's just going to come off smoother because, you know, they have, you know, both parents are from, uh-huh. you know, the mother. But I think Chadwick right, rather than so like, good because he no, is Chadwick, from, no, he Chadwick did so did good great. and he's not from mm-hmm. over at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Chadwick, Chadwick did good. I think yeah. it's, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't, I really don't know what to say, actually. Um, I'm just going to leave that at that. But <laughs> people are like, oh my gosh. But, um, but yeah, so I think that this is great to have finally, you know, a, a fantasy sci-fi superhero film with a black lead, black all black cast for the most part, directed by the beloved Ryan Coogler. Um, if you guys didn't know, it's a superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character, um, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And so this film, I think, gave a lot of... A, this opened the door. Like, when this film came out, we went crazy. Like, it opened the door. Like I mentioned before, WakandaCon... All the, you know, um, all the people who are, you know, into, how do you pronounce it? Is it cosplay? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cosplay. Mm -hmm. Um, All the people who are into cosplay um, and things of that sort. I feel like they felt, you know, we felt affirmed in the fact that like, yeah, we can be into superhero stuff too. And, um, you know, it's great. And like, you know, I may be nerdy, but it's cool because now we got Black Panther. And I love that the film explored the dynamic between, you know, being a direct native of an African nation versus like, you know, being a few, you know, generations removed and being, being a Black American. Um, 
and that sort of like duality and coming together and having that strife. And, you know, if you watch the film, you'll see the, um, and pertaining to the story, the background of how they explored that between the characters and, you know, family relations. So I, it's very real, especially for me with, you know, my, my mom being black and being here from San Francisco and my dad being from Nigeria, like having that duality of culture being bicultural, it's very interesting being like, you know, in multiple areas of the diaspora, like on direct ends of the spectrum. So I really enjoyed, it's still, man, I feel like the play button is broken on Netflix. Um, people really en- enjoyed this. I and I think the youth, you know, had a lot to look up to too, because they see themselves reflected and it's like, yay, we have a superhero now. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you get to rep the culture. Um, I still look at the pictures from when, you know, our Black Student Association went to go see this film. Yes. Um, me and Chelsea Good actually time. have a picture together. Yes. I should post it. <laughs> we'll probably, maybe we'll post it so y'all can yeah, see. Yeah, we'll post it. Um, we should do that. Lastly, I wanted to talk about a TV show, actually. A new TV show, also on Netflix. You can find these all on Netflix. Super convenient. Raising Dion. Um, this film actually... Um, also features Michael B. Jordan, who is in Black Panther, if you didn't know, um, with a lot of other greats. But Raising Dion, lots of controversy. But mm-hmm. I um, haven't finished the whole first season. But man, oh man, having a Black woman lead and a Black boy lead on a sci-fi TV show, what? I really hope that they're renewed for a season two because okay, I love why it. all the controversy? Um, I think it's a refreshing controversy on something. Yeah. I know. It's such a great, great, um, great show. So the yeah. synopsis, guys, is a single mother must hide her young son's superpowers to protect him from exploitation while investigating their origins and her husband's death. So, um, sorry, kind of, they kind of spoil it, but that's what it's about and it's so they explore so many different things it's a beautiful cinematic piece like it each episode is like so i mean they have to right because you're dealing with sci-fi everything is so dreamy it's so um aesthetically pleasing um i love 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 how they capture this on screen and how the story unfolds um and yeah i just i love it but i realized afterwards that there was some controversy because um the lead, uh, the lead actress actually is a light-skinned woman, um, Alicia Wainwright. She is the lead. And um, before, I remember actually seeing this on Twitter now, um, people were saying, strong light-skinned lead? <laughs> Black Twitter gathers Netflix over Raising Dion cast changes. So when Netflix first... Um, uh, when Netflix first launched a strong black lead during the 2018 BET Awards, um, people were excited for um, the streaming platform to, you know, get this diverse content. Right. But then when people, you know, cancel cancellations, people were talking about canceling their subscription, you know, all that type of stuff, because what questionable shows and even more questionable casting choices. Um, and they're, you know, they were, thinking like, is this show actually going to get made because there's all this type of stuff. Um, the most recent decision to lighten the cast of Raising Dion mm-hmm. because what happened was, and because we have, you know, that there's that light skin privilege there, you know, white supremacy, you know, mm-hmm. the closer you are to white skin, the better. 
it's a very touchy situation because, you know, how can you, you know, come out with this pitch and you have this brown skinned woman and then you turn around and the TV show that is being produced is actually has this light skinned woman who is cast. She is a beautiful actress, very talented. I love her acting on the show. Um, I do see people's concerns because, you know, that people are concerned about the colorism and colorism right. is very prominent. I personally, I think that I get why people are upset, but also at yeah. the same time, like that is Things something that should have not. Yes. But also that shouldn't have not gotten out to the masses because of right. people are upset. The fact that we know that it was a change, if it was a change like that. No one ever knew about it, but now people know. It's yeah. like, Oh, well, I mean, you made your bed, yeah. kind of, you know, to, yeah, that, exactly. to get out like that. It's like, oh, well, that's awkward. Let's get into yeah. our next segment. Personal Everest. Yes. So when one makes a big summit up a mountain, say Mount Everest, for example, there are a set of skills and tools set that one must master with a great team around them to get the job done. So I feel that the personal Everest for a director making a sci-fi movie is that it has to resonate with people of all walks of life, including people that aren't big fans of fantasy. Because if you aren't already converted to sci-fi and fantasy, you're going to be a really hard sell to buy into it. What do you think, Tosh? Yeah, I mean, it took me a minute. I'm still not even fully, like, I'm not a fanatic, I don't think. I think you definitely have to find what you like. And, gen- you know, genuinely, some people just don't like certain genres. It just doesn't appeal to them. Right. And I think that's how I felt about sci-fi, which I mentioned previously. But putting our people on screen got me interested in the sci-fi world. So now hey. that's a gateway to other other things. And I, and I love the fantasy of it. I so feel like everyone should be able to yeah. see themselves in that regard, in that way. Like, my yeah. sister loves the alien movies. Alien versus Predator, mm-hmm. you know. Yep, all my mom loves them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're they my cool. fair share. They are like, cool. They are. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say it's my favorite because that's more yeah. along the lines of rom coms and actions, but, you know, to each his own. But I think there's a certain way to go about it. But yeah, definitely. Completely agree definitely. with you. There. Yes. Well, thank you for listening. Tune in next week. In honor of Valentine's Day, what? Ooh. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> we will be discussing rom drums. Ooh. So, romantic Give comedies. Me all the drama. All the drama. All um, the melodrama. I'm extra because I feel all the Black history energy coming through. Ah. I'm, I'm about to be extra. Please forgive me. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. It is Black History Month, you guys. We are, what? about seven a week in now seven days right. in. i mean romantic exactly. comedies are one thing but this one will be romantic drama bringing you the melodrama the passion the tears the films that show love <laughs> in all kinds of forms we are going to be dramatic next week so please tune yes. in it will be very extra it's valentine's day feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast you can follow us on twitter at Pop. Follow us on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn or follow us individually. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Chelsea J Music. And your girl at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram. Alright, all lowercase. All one word. All lowercase. <laughs> Let's go. Let us know. Follow us. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Hey, let us know. Let us know. Podcast 2. <laughs> right all right y'all peace